Hey, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, mining, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. We're back! I closed my eyes that time so I could hyper-focus on getting the <laughs> intro right. I'm so tired of editing ad week episodes. <laughs> Only one more to go? Uh, well, it's over now. It's Monday now, Steve. It's, oh, I mean, it's the next week. Oh, wow, you're, you're doing that kind of casting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did, my favorite one was the reactions to the merman. Uh, shout out to the dude who unsubbed uh, because he said sexy dot 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 dude. Something about wanting to lose subs. And I said, if sexy or if like working it to Christmas ornaments is your deal, maybe I don't want you to sub to this channel. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, good point. Great sense of humor, which I'm pretty sure was supposed to be sarcasm. Yeah. And then he said that you suck at guitar. Then he said. Which you do. He's like, he's like, he's like, maybe you're like an average at best guitarist and shouldn't even have a YouTube channel. And I was like, ha, I'm not even an average at best guitarist. Ha, I'm not even the person you think you're talking to. That's also true. That was also <laughs> accurate, but you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, this first ad is sent in by the inboxer. It is a. Sandberg Patchwork Bass California T. Uh, we got some uh, bass content here. This thing that's is, all it says. Sandberg Patchwork Bass California T. Mints mints condition. Yeah, we don't have the description on it, so we there just have to no use our imagination. Uh, it's made by Sandberg. There's a lot of features about this that I think are are very aesthetic. Like they're, I think they're aesthetically fun. From an artistic perspective, but from a do I want to wear this on a stage at any point in my life perspective, maybe not so much. Well, let's let's describe it for the listeners at home. Um, it's called a patchwork bass because it looks like it has the style of one, two, three, four, uh, at least four different uh, like body finishes and then a bunch of different like inlay options and finishes on the headstock as well it goes from a sunburst to like a blue burst with like a textured wood grain to a relic white thing uh to like a quilty sort of like wood across I, the body I, I just realized that i'm dumb all with like super fine hard lines across the body that intersect with the control plate and the pick guard that are all like shifting style as it goes. Like the part of the bass that has a, like a blue burst has yeah. a bit of a white pick guard with a hard line to a tortoise pick guard and then a hard line to no pick guard on the quilted area. And even the control plate shifts from one kind of metal to the next and a different knob as it transfers over to a different style. And then uh you know oh all the knobs are a little different yeah it has four different knobs on it and then the uh and the the pickup covers change color as it goes across the guitar yeah because there's a a, a, ba a bass humbucker and a single coil so like what what would you call that what is that loadout it's, uh it's h this is like a hs you call it hs yeah but you don't call it like a like a variation of like a jazz bass or something oh like no that. this is a variation this is one of the it's like a pj this is one of the offerings that um actually like that music man does an offering like this right right and then even they mix uh bridge saddle materials i don't know if you got to the bridge saddle yeah no that's what i'm saying so i actually really like that the both the tuners there are four different kinds of tuners 
or like they're all the same tunes. There's yeah, four yeah. different finishes on the tuners. <laughs> you've got black, you've got chrome, nickel, and gold. Yeah, and they do the basic. They do uh, I don't brass, chrome, black, and gold. Yeah, I like the, this. Uh, you were saying that you wouldn't wear it, that you wouldn't play this. I don't think I would. I don't know what I would do with this live. Well, it's still so a, they're, normal, they're, it's yeah. like a normal base. It so just, this pickup configuration is called uh, JMM. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know why it makes sense. It's, no, because it's Jazz Music Man. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. And then the fretboard like differences is wild. I think that's the part where I would maybe get lost playing this live. Because it's like, what is that? Like your 7th fret through your 14th fret or just a big block of white? Like it changes to a maple fretboard? And then you've got oh yeah yeah. Then you've got the big block and lays on the first fret through the fourth fret. <laughs> I really like the look of it though. I like how everything's very clean. It's all going the same diagonal direction. It's good energy to it. I think I would play this. I think I'd want to swap out the quilted area for like a different look than that. I just don't think I'm fishy enough for this. <laughs> it is pretty fishy. But so I w- I've been like. I can see that it's different finishes and it's doing different things, but I didn't somehow just did not process as I was looking at this, like it's why that it's a patchwork of different bases, right? It's a patchwork like, of I different like don't know finishing styles. Why I struggled with that. It's hard to look at. It feels like a Photoshop job when you're looking at it. Yeah. But it's not, it's a real life object. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the red, white, and blue Moserites mm. that, their purpose was for traveling salesmen to like show what kind of finishes you could order a guitar in. Right. Like you could take this bass around the country and be like, well, do you want sunburst or do you want vintage white or do you want this blue or you want a quilt? Like it's all here. Like what kind of neck inlay do you want? They've done a number of these, but I think the ones that are traditional styles, cause they did one that's like a firefly or a firefly, stupid I was talking about fireflies earlier. Um, they have one that's a, a fire, not a firebird, thunderbird. Thunderbird, yeah. Uh, kind of a thing. And that one looks weird as a patchwork. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but I think these ones that are more like this one's, I'm looking at their Facebook page and we I found one that's like an Ibanez Roadstar kind of a shape. Yeah, yeah. I think, looks this, really cool. I think this J base shape works the best oh, for yeah. this because it tricks your eye. You're like, oh, I'm looking at like a classic. Uh, that base shape. I keep trying to say bass. We can't talk today for some reason. Uh, classic base shape. Pump up the bass, right? <laughs> but then, like, you're trying to like process what you're actually looking at because it shifts like so frequently across the length of the instrument. I think it's a really good execution. They want six grand for this thing. I imagine the amount of work that goes into making this look good and pulling this off well is not like insignificant. I feel like six grand is probably fair for this thing. Apparently these sell norm like they normally sell these for like seven to eight grand. Like oh yeah, this were, is on reverb. If you were to buy one like new. This is being sold by the guitar museum in Thailand. Yeah, I don't I I don't understand that part, but two hundred dollars shipping. I feel like that's cheap to get it from Thailand. Who knows? American shipping I've heard um getting things I think getting things shipped to the United States is sh- cheaper than getting it. Shipped away from the states. Yeah, Uh, there's like there's some like certain countries have like really interesting, uh, to say the least, like mail practices where like they're like they're uh, 
parcel services are he- like so heavily subsidized uh-huh. that basically, uh, basically, yeah, it's like costs nothing to ship. Uh, so here's my question, Steve. If you could do this sort of concept, what body style would you go for? What kind of features would you go for? And what like four finishes would you combine? So I do like the jazz bass idea. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you know, this, this, I wouldn't say that this is it. Uh, I think I would, you know, probably go with a PJ scenario just cause that makes a little more sense to me. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like when I look at this and I see that like Music Man pickup just sitting there, like that part of the body actually looks like a mute, like it should be a Music Man. Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. I'm not creative enough to think. think that. <laughs> well, how about That's this question truth. of the of the multiple bass styles that are represented in this instrument? Which one would you pick to be a full, like just? I want to. I want to know what the rest of that sunburst looks like. Oh, so you just want to see the sunburst? Yeah, because you get the smallest taste of the sunburst. It's just that little corner. Well, it's there. also kind of on the headstock. Yeah, it's a little bit on the headstock. Oh, the headstock also has the one part that I don't understand. What is that? This entire thing is so cleanly executed. Oh, there's a zero fret. That's fun. Uh, but the string, like, why does the string retainer have uh? like visible patina on it it's because it's in thailand is that uh, is that like i I have no idea is it like i don't know it just seems so weird because everything else about this is so clean no i mean look at the white section on the body it's there's a relic thing going on so i assumed that it was a connection to the relic oh and then there's a patina on part of the control plate as well so i think it's a callback to that all right all right so which one would you pick, Steve? Sunburst, blue burst, vintage white, or that quilty natural wood? I'm going between the sunburst because I love sunbursts all the time, but I'm also really loving that blue burst. The blue is kind of neat with that white humbucker on it. It's definitely in that, like I said, it's in that Music Man, um, Music Man fade, yeah, uh, fade look going on uh, style, and I as much as like. Generally, I don't like blue. Like, I like blue guitars and I like green guitars. Yeah. But I very rarely like blue bursts or green bursts. They can look like, kind of like 90s tacky. But I feel yeah. like Music Man is better at those two style, colors. Like, they're better at mm. weird bursts than any of the other, I'd say, at least major brands. Mm. Now, granted, this isn't uh, this isn't a music man, but no, no, it, no, no. But it's, like, that, I would it's say that, in that style. That burst is in that style, and it's yeah. at that quality. What would you take, Ryan? Um, I sounded so forced. Hey, Ryan, I feel like that vintage white is speaking to me mm. with the tort. I think that looks really nice, but I'd still want to have. I'd want to have that the the neck pickup or middle pickup for whatever you call that in a bass because it's not at the neck position. I'd want that to be white. With a black humbucker against a white body, and I'd want to have white knobs on it. I just, I basically want a white Fender jazz bass. <laughs> I, I really think I would think it'd be you neat should to... get a white. You really should get a, like a white Mustang bass. I, I feel like yeah, that's, probably. You know, I would, I would giant like giant man with a tiny bass. I would like to see this, uh, this style done to like 
uh, like a jazz master. Mm. And as it, it cuts across the body, like you get different pickup styles that go with it. Like the part that's got the neck pickup is classic jazz master. Then it cuts and you get a humbucker, like a hot, like Jay Mascus, like not Jay Mascus. You know what I mean? Like, get a right, hot, like, right. like a, like grunge humbucker, like duct taped in there or something like that. So it jumps to a different style. Like it would jump decades, you know, there would be a 50 section, a 60 section, a 90 section. A you know? <laughs> Uh, and it'd be like different kinds of like relics and different kinds of like aging on it, I guess. You got a PAF in one spot. So and, it, it, and like a Dismarzio distortion. In I the guess next this spot. is what I'm going for. It would cover surf, it would cover grunge, and then maybe there would be like a metal section <laughs> or something like that. It would jump genres as the styles versus like nece- not necessarily being guitar finishing styles. Should... Metal is just surf with distortion, right? Well, metal is just a black guitar, right? That's... Yeah, maybe that—that's where where the where the uh, the trim would be. There would be a Floyd Rose sitting there. <laughs> that uh, that Squire book I have actually ta- basically talks about that. Uh, they talked about how when Squire put out the uh, mirror, the all black, the blacked out with the chrome pit guard uh-huh. Squires in like the mid two thousands that that was basically designed to attract uh, new players who were into metal. Mm. Because even though it was like, it was because Fender, like the Fender brand has always struggled to get into like the hard rock scene yeah, yeah, and like the metal scene because of, you know, just the associate association of Fender and kind of more classic music as being classic. But even though they're the same body shapes and they're technically the same company, like Squire has had more, they talk about how Squire has had a lot more success in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even, and again, in that case, all that is was like a double humbucker strat. Right, right. Right. Maybe it was an HSH. What was, what was the name of their, their line that was more metal aggressive, like metal versions? The Showmaster? The Showmasters. Yeah, Those the, were great guitars. The Showmasters were, I forget what they said it is, but the Showmasters were like actually like, Based on a something Court was already building, mm. and then they just basically like reversed it, reversed the headstock, and called it Squire. <laughs> I liked those ones that came out kind of early two thousands, where they would do like a carved top, like gold top with two humbuckers in it, or they do, uh, you know, like through necks and things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They Very talk cool. a lot about all those different. Uh, I'm like halfway through that book. It's still yeah. really cool. That's a cool book. You should loan it to me when you're done. Yeah. Uh, you have anything new, Steve? Should we I move do. on to new? Um, I just wanted to, I guess, do a little a little update of sorts. Here we go. Uh, I've been using, I haven't used it to record anything. Um, well, I haven't used it to record anything, but I've been using the Rode NT-USB just as like a conference call microphone. Mm, yeah, because you got that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, um, something like that. And uh, so I've done like two or three conference calls. Like I had to t- actually take a work call at home uh, because it was like an early morning. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm not driving to work for this. Uh, and I really like the way it works. Like it's the way be it's pre- all set up. It's pretty I, easy. Yeah, I feel like it sounds good. But then, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not on the listening end. I mean, I am. Well, I was on a conference call with you. How did you, you, were using how do you it. think it sounded? It sounded great. It, yeah. sa- it sounded the same as me monitoring my mic. From my side, 
Oh, so it sounded really high quality. Yeah, that's that's actually really good. Yeah. Uh, I for some reason your audio quality on that call was not the best. Oh, really? Well, I, I have a feeling that was your connection. Though. What do you think it was? No, what it was is uh, somebody's line had like a crackle, like in the oh cable. yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and at one point, like I think my computer just completely dropped off because all of a sudden I'm like, it just goes quiet, and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like the the that like the controls that I need for like on the fly monitoring are on the mic itself. There's like a master volume basically, mm. and then there's a blend knob, so you can plug the headphones into. If you plug the headphones into the mic then you can control how much of the overall volume you get. And you can also control the balance between monitoring versus like the, what's coming from the computer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, do you want to hear more of yourself? Do you want to hear more of what, what's your, what's coming from the computer? So that's probably something that's super useful if I ever actually tried to record music with it. But for the time being, like just using it as like a, like a call in phone, like a, a VoIP. Kind a VoIP? Of a VoIP, voice over internet protocol. Ah. Uh, kind of a thing. Like, it's great. I'm really happy with it. Yeah, those USB mics seem to be really convenient. There's a bunch of podcasts out there that record with just USB mics and, you know, Skype or whatever. I mean, why would you want to dive into, you know, all sorts of external hardware if you can just plug a mic in and do what you need to do? Yeah, why would you ever want to do a podcast that requires you to sit in the same room with a person that you're seems re- unnecessary, with? right? What a waste. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, I'm just going to get a little a little webcam and attach it to my computer, and like it's just going to be a box right here. I'll send you the video file after, at the end of the session. Yeah, we'll get to hear you know kids screaming from oh my both, both, both sides of it'll be way louder at my house. <laughs> um, yeah, you got anything new? I don't think I do. I couldn't think of anything. I mean, the, everything that's new for me, I've already documented and put on YouTube. You know, we got a suggestion on on what we should do i don't know if you saw it already but we already we already got a suggestion on what to do with that guitar with the firefly yeah what is it uh, someone said that we should art project it basically since it's already ba- i'll say barely playable would you say completely unplayable five out of six strings are playable is what i'd say it's not fun to play like the action's bad and you can't lower it yeah, I don't feel I don't feel like anyone should play it. So basically what was pitched is that we should just art project it like, like strip it down and paint it up. Carve our names into the neck. Like I you know, across the fretboard, across the back, whatever, but and then uh put it up for auction. Do like a and charity do a chari- auction? Do a charity auction. I like that idea. So uh, I I really like that idea. I don't it was suggested that only people in the Patreon should be able to bid on it, but I think, you know, I, I think we should go well, for doing season on it. If we're doing charity auction, then it's got it's gotta be open to as many people as possible. Because yeah. we're trying to raise yeah. money for someone in need. You know? But I like that idea. I think that's I like a that idea, idea too. Um, instead of me just throwing it into a wood chipper or something. <laughs> which would be a lot of fun. The whole the whole time when you when uh, you were we were talking about it earlier, uh, and you're like, yeah, I don't know what I want to do. I've, I've I've just been like, Ryan, just get your phone in YouTube Live right now. We're going in the backyard. <laughs> we still need to destruct uh, your guitar. Oh, I know. I need I to. Know. Maybe I'll do that this week. I'll do a video of, of taking that thing apart because I just want to show <laughs> how crappy it is. Oh, before it's so weird. We do retire that guitar because that guitar needs to be retired. Yep. All right, uh, so uh, sponsors, let's pay some bills. Yeah, let's pay some bills. Let's pay a bill. Yeah. Let's pay all the bills. 
Uh, sorry. <laughs> what am I looking for? You're looking for our sponsors? Like, who is the current list of sponsors, no, I guess? not really. No? You're just cruising your email right now? <laughs> I'm, cr- I'm cruising our email right now. Uh, this first sponsor is mojostompboxes.com. Ah. I assume they're still a sponsor. If they're not, they're getting this one for free. Mojostompboxes.com yeah, is a great source for, like, vintage and rare effects. Uh, just a ton of, like, Japanese built and like e- e- older Eastern, like Asian built instruments. Import uh, stuff. Really, import stuff. It's yeah. a really cool site just to browse and like learn about like what's out there. Stuff but also, you didn't know you, existed. You if know, you see something. Uh, I also really dig the Mojo Stump Boxes Instagram page. I will say like they post up like things that come in. I've been seeing a lot of like vintage Tokais and mm. and whatnot on there. So it's really cool. Go check it out. Mojostompboxes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Singular Sound, makers of the Beat Buddy, the Cably. And the, the Eros Looper. The Eros Looper. Which I still want. It looks so cool. I don't know if it's in production yet. I think it is. No, the, yeah, it is. is it's it, for is, sale. out? Man, I want it. Send it to me. Go Beat check Buddy. them out. The Beat Buddy is like the basically the best pedal form drum thing on the market. Uh, they make a full-size version and a mini version. Mm-hmm. The Cably is a tool that can, you can use to wrap your cable up fast without it getting all tangled in a mess. It's, it's like the thing you'd use to wind up your uh, your garage power cables, only it's for instrument cables. Yeah, it's, just, it's smaller and it's uh, sleeker. Do you think I could use that to for my power cables? Or are your power cables too thick? They might be too thick. They're right. pretty small, man. The ones uh, that I've seen in person anyways. Maybe they yeah, have a bigger version. I don't that, know. Check that, them out. And that looper, man, that thing is pretty, pretty wild. Listen, Bill, I don't fully understand it. I can't sh- talk about it. It shows you all the tracks on the screen as you record them and as they loop. So it's like you can look – if you made like a drum beat in your looper, you could see the peaks and the valleys. Mm-hmm. And you can sync up with it visually. Uh, you can do all sorts of crazy stuff with like editing on the fly and whatnot. It's, it's a freaking cool-looking looper. Yeah. Go check it out, singularsound.com. Yep. All right, this first topic that I'm trying to find on my phone, even though I probably don't really need oh, to. Oh, that's what you were looking for. Yeah. Yeah, I should have screen grabbed uh, that, huh? Is the new Boss Waza Air wireless guitar headphone amp. Uh, this was just released. It's 400 It's It's pretty, not pretty cheap up there. for headphones. I mean, I spent 300 on the ones I'm wearing right now. And I know they're like a, a specific like broadcast headphone mic, I headphone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, they want 400 bucks for these things. They're Waza headphones, which is like Boss's like premium quality, right? Like line, and it's supposed to be an amp in headphone experience, and you can like Bluetooth to your well, phone. Well, so it's not even like an amp in headphone experience because the way they're describing it is that like the algorithms make it, are like super 3D. So it's not like, you know how when you- It's a, I, it's a room simulating experience yeah. that are, that a virtual amp is in. So yeah, so I would say like when I, so you and I, we both use IEMs at church. Right. And I always, when people ask me about IEMs, I'm like, well, you know, like to me, um, when the IEMs are like working well, um, I always feel like I'm playing along to like a really high fidelity CD or like recording, right. right? Like it's right there. It's right in your ear. And the way that they describe this is like, not like that. It's not like, Oh, this is the best sounding because it's like this super high quality. It's like, this is the best sounding because it sounds like 
It doesn't you're not sound wearing like you're headphones. Li- yeah, it doesn't sound like you're listening through headphones. It sounds like you're in the room with an amp. I I want to try them out. I'm sure I'll, I'll try them at Nam. I don't. I'm I'm not asking Boss to send me them because I, it would be impossible for me to demo something like this. <laughs> like, how do you demo headphones that don't have like an output? To yeah, them? it's got five customizable amp combinations and over fifty tweakable effects. Um, it comes with the you know obviously it comes with the like the. WL series. It's part of the WL series right. of wireless transmitters. So if you've used those or if you've read about those, like this is using that same kind of technology. How do you feel about the look? <laughs> they have like this kind of like vintage, like broadcaster can look to them. I like them. I like the look with like the Waza symbol on the side and the silver stripes. Yeah. They kind of look like aircraft right. controller headphones. Yeah. Um, so, and so that's the thing I was thinking about too is, you know, four hundred dollars for headphones sounds like a lot to me because I uh, the most I've ever paid for headphones is for like actual like listening headphones is like when I paid forty dollars or whatever for my right right for like my mystery box. Most and of I one headphones. Most of my life, I've just assumed headphones are supposed to come with a Walkman. You know, right. <laughs> Um, but you know, what you're saying is like the headphones that you're wearing and actually the headphones that I'm wearing are the same ones without the, with the mic, without the microphone. Um, like they're not cheap. No. And so if you were to just take like a high quality headphone and give it like, and combine it with like a guitar wireless piece. Yeah. Like now, you know, you're no, I think that's those two, like just those two pieces alone. Like that's. $300 $300 of technology when you, when you, pretty easily. When you compile like the technology that's going into these things, they're not just headphones. Yeah, they yeah. are headphones because that's the form factor of them. But then it's an amp simulation that pairs with your phone for controlling it. And it's got the wireless uh, plug for your guitar. Uh, so, yeah, I think there is enough tech going into these to justify the price point because it's not – they're not headphones. They're, they're a headphone – amp practicing system that you can also use as headphones with your with your phone or whatever for listening to music and for playing along to music but i i wonder what the the target market is for something like this because you can get some really great headphone experiences with getting even just like how much is a regular like katana air like because that's a battery powered amp that would be a great headphone amp, but then you're having to plug in headphones to it, you know? Right. And I mean, that's, I think that's like, this is a very specific product for someone with very specific kind of like aesthetic needs and like, kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? The Katana air is $400. So So these headphones are the same price as a Katana air, right? but this is for someone who has this aesthetic in mind this simplicity sort of thing. Like what's the word I'm looking for for like a simple like a like simple a minimalist? Life. A minimalist. This yeah. is like a minimalist thing. Like you for don't someone, have room for an amp. For someone who's like, I want to hang my headphones on a special like little hook on my desk so they're they're like presented. Mm-hmm. And then my guitar's over here and all I have to do is plug in the guitar and put on the headphones and I've got nothing else. It's like a minimalist like aesthetic rig. Where, yeah, you could get a lot of different headphone experiences with various amps that have headphones. Katanas from Boss, uh, you know, those Yamaha amps, you know, there's, you know, even like an HX Stomp or something like that, you can get a really good headphone experience out of, but you're dealing with all these cables and all yeah. this extra stuff where this really is just like as simple as you can get. This is like the, it's ul- your guitar this is the ultimate, and it's your headphones. Uh... This is like the ultimate travel experience too. Like for for yeah. quality, you know, you could travel with this pretty easily. 
Yeah. I'm, I was looking through the pictures. I don't see any sort of output jack on them. I think that's my biggest issue is that you've got this thing that is processing your sound and you can't use it to output to something else if you wanted to. Like if mm. you wanted to record or something, you're kind of out of luck. But then that's not really what they're for. And not everything, right. not everything has to be a do-it-all device, you know? So maybe it's better that they focus on just making it do what it does really well. And, I, and maybe like the way it processes sound wouldn't make sense once it's outputted, you know, even though it could just be a stereo signal. But then maybe it wouldn't make sense for like recording or something like that because it's meant to be on your ears. Yeah, it just sounds like it's designed to just be compact, have a bunch of options. You know, it, it'll take like a... Um... Yes. Yeah, it'll take a knife. It'll take a knife. <laughs> uh, it'll take it. It has. Oh, no, never mind. It says memory slots. I for some reason I read memory slots and was thinking you could put like an SD card in it. Oh no no, that, so it's like very, presets. Yeah, 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 presets. Um, yeah, I. I think this is really interesting. Would I get it? Um, I I could see like if if I was moving into a smaller like honestly when I think about the way that I play. Mm-hmm. And the equipment that I currently own. When I think about the way you play, you should definitely be wearing headphones. No one else should have to hear that. <laughs> um, no, like I should probably like just sell off all every amp that I own, except for like maybe one uh-huh. and use that money to buy this <laughs> and just be for like your home practicing. My, because rig? like I, I literally have not used an amp right in for any purpose in like a year. How do you think it would handle bass? Oh, I don't know. That'd be interesting to try out. Maybe they need to come out with a bass version. I mean, these headphones are meant to also do, um, like, you can blue, like uh, uh, sync it with your phone just to listen to music. So. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can use it as a jam thing where, like, you're listening to tracks off your phone and you play along with it and stuff. Right, so, I, but I'm saying, like, if it's, I would imagine it's tuned at least to decently handle bass. Ah, the, the, oh, I see what you're saying, but because I'm saying like, are the the amps, the amp models in there, are oh, going right, to be right. bass appropriate? Just use the clean, the clean right? One. But that's not the same. Like bass players want to have extra low end and stuff like that. Like a good, mm. like a guitar clean amp model is mm. not necessarily going to do it for most people. I my understand. Did the I just way bass I explain it, to you the way I had it? Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, gee, right? I didn't know that. No, the way that I. Uh, kind of understood it is that the one uh is it listed here it's not is that one of the amp voices is basically like basically is uh is like no uh, no no voice oh okay or it's like a it's like a clean preamp right, right. sound uh, so that would probably be good for bass so or, it's like, or like acoustic guitar it's for acoustic guitar yeah. but yeah a lot of times systems at least in, again in, in my experience like systems that are designed to be wi-fi like wide frequency responding enough to work with acoustic guitar are at least passable for bass. Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting to see, um, you know, some other companies run with this concept and do it cheaper. Yeah, uh, it would be nice for some companies to run with this concept and just do it not trash. <laughs> um, I was. <laughs> this feels very forced because I was trying to lead into the thing that you found earlier. I know. Uh, I so I don't remember. Oh, somebody else posted about this in the group is. EHX came out with a line of earbuds. So How the, long ago did they do this? I don't know. There, there's no date on it? Uh, but there's the EHX R&B Buds, which are just like 
full in like the Samsung style in ears. Um, there is the uh, they also have the EHX NYC cans, uh, which are uh, lightweight, comfortable, and phenomenally affordable. NYC cans are collapsible and even feature a micro SD card slot for playing MP3. In addition, they'll accept an optional cable. Wait, so are these cans not Bluetooth? There's a uh, a guitar.com article on these from September 2019. So these came out recently. Hold on. The EHX NYC cans? Uh-huh. Okay, they are Bluetooth. I was going to say, like, why do you... So they, they, are, they are Bluetooth? Okay, I, okay, yeah, I guess. I was like, why do you... If they're Bluetooth, why do you need an eighth-inch output? But it's like, I guess... Like if you have a, a device that doesn't have Bluetooth, yeah, how spoiled are but we? But these are just headphones, right? They're not a guitar system at all. No, they're just headphones. And then my favorite one of the wall of all is the EHX Sport Buds, ideal for your active light style, lifestyle. These lightweight, comfortable earbuds let you take your music with you when you're on the go. I haven't seen any of these products in person, but I have trouble believing that Mike Matthews sat down and designed headphones. I have a feeling they're just rebranded, like import. I think that like this is to me. Okay. So what this is, and I guess it's like kind of worked out is this is like when, you know, this is Marshall when they first put out a Bluetooth speaker. Right. Right. But it's like worse than that because at least I guess when Marshall and Fender put out their Bluetooth speakers, it at least looked looked like kind of like furniture, you know, it looked like, Oh, if I'm going to have a Bluetooth speaker, I want one that looks like an amp, you know, where these are just like, they're just headphones with a logo stamped on them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like I said, there's cans. They're, the sport ones are the goofiest ones to me. Like nothing about the EHX brand says to me like, yeah, oh, I'm going to go on a run today. Let me uh, let me go see what uh, – I, oh, yeah, let me grab I, – I need these EHX. I've just been jamming on my Big Muff, and now let me grab my EHX Sport Bud so I can go on a run. I think EHX should uh, branch into all kinds of consumer goods. I can't wait to get, you know, my EHX, like, magic bowl kitchen oh, blender, you know? And <laughs> or, like, I, <laughs> I don't want – I can't wait to get <laughs> – Freaking like a uh, uh, TC Electronic Foreman grill. <laughs> I will say like these are pretty cheap. Like, oh yeah, they, they got to be the R and B buds, which again are like the the push in float one float uh, compl- like they're the full what we right, what right. they call full wireless um, are seventy dollars. The sport buds are thirty six dollars. And really what this is I'm not seeing the cans. Electro Harmonics looking at their dealers and like oh all our dealers are selling like generic branded headphones right now because people go to a music store to buy that sort of thing why don't we fill that place on the I shelf I just can't okay no this is this is EHX getting the same emails that we get from random Chinese suppliers <laughs> It's just DHgate <laughs> saying saying hey we got this new product you want to check it out maybe put it on your gift guide and when EHX sees it and says, sure, we'd love a sample, they actually get the sample and they go, huh, what would this look like with the EHX logo on the side yeah, of it? How many units can we then get? Then they order 10,000 of them. <laughs> oh, man, I bet they order more than 10,000. They order 100,000 of yeah. them. I don't know. Because they're, like, tr- they're trying to put you know 100 units in every guitar center across America. I just know? can't. I just, I just don't like... Okay, EHX making or selling strings, which I'm pretty sure they don't make their strings, but they just sell 
EHX branded strings. Like, right. That makes sense to me. This doesn't, I just can't. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing. Like, I don't know, man. I wear New Balances all the time, but I just can't wait until Boss puts out a freaking running. Sh- Actually, Boss Boss could probably um, put out a running partner, shoe and you buy it. Partner with uh, Onitsuka and put out a dope running shoe. You know what? The the, uh, the Boss running shoe is pretty good, but it's a lot better when you get the JHS mod. Just like <laughs> the laces just are a little bit better. This is a little bit more comfortable, in my opinion. You get that sticker on the back. I just can't, like, I just don't, I just, I don't, I don't understand this thing with EHX. I don't know if you, if. Right. So long story short, we're fine with the Boss headphones that are super expensive and we're not okay with these just rebranded EHX cheaper headphones. It's just, to me, that's brand dilution. Right. Oh, The EHX thing is brand dilution. It's harmful. I think it is harmful to their brand to a certain extent, even though EHX can kind of get away with a lot of stuff they have a million variations of all their pedals and all their products um the boss thing is clearly like a very niche market product maybe it'll do well for them maybe it'll sell well for them i don't know Uh, i'm looking forward to i want to try them i'm going to try them at nam for sure i i bet though i guess they'd have probably have to figure out a way to t- keep people from walking away with them but i wouldn't be yeah. surprised if like nam is chalk it's like the cables where you, you connect your your airpods to them so you don't lose them and it just looks like you're wearing headphones they're gonna have to people are people are trashing those and i actually saw that and i was like like i would not like i i could i would find those useful at work no like you like, those would be super people useful complain at work. about losing your their their earbuds you have to tie them down some way and that's what i'm saying about this product when they have it at nam they're gonna have to attach a cable to them so people don't walk yeah. away with them yeah. and they're gonna have to attach a cable to the wireless plug so people don't walk away oh with that <laughs> <laughs> that's just going to be Matt Knight's job for all of Nam is just to oh, sit, stand there with his arms folded, staring at the guitars. I'm looking forward to Nam. How do you feel about it? I hope. Uh, I hope I can go to Nam. Oh, really? You don't think you will? No, I'm definitely planning on going, but I've, I'm kind of contingencing for my life falling apart in the <sighs> next six weeks. So, yeah. But otherwise, I'm super looking forward to going to Nam. I already have two badges, Ryan. That's how excited about Nam I am. I know, I know that life of being like, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. around then. Like, I was there last year, man. No, I, I get know. It. Yeah. I know. Uh, speaking of more fun things, uh, this modified gold top was sent in by Daniel Esporma. It says, a cool player's grade 70 Les Paul custom at a super affordable price. The body was rounded and refinished. The fingerboard was replaced, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I don't, I just Yeah, can't. don't read the whole damn thing. It's got DiMarzio's. Uh, it's, it's all gold. Every part of it is everything gold. Everything is gold. It's got three pickups, not just two. It's got a nice vibe and a great feel. You know, only the top is gold. It The back and sides are like either yeah. black or like a deep mahogany color. This is an original mahogany neck with a volute. Uh, it's an unoriginal fingerboard with mother of pearl dot inlays. Unoriginal medium jumbo frets. Da, 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 there's da, da. very little about this that is the original guitar. And there's stuff about it that just makes me wonder, like, how did that happen? When did it happen? Why did it Well, happen? the biggest thing is it says it's a vintage Les Paul custom, custom. modified gold top. It is a flat top. Yeah, it doesn't it's have the flat carved gold top, top on it. which I've obviously it's not a true gold top. It's painted gold, and the right. shade of gold that it's painted is definitely not like 
gold top gold. One of the wonky things about it too is that, like, you think about a Les Paul, you don't you don't always think about this feature of it. But mm-hmm. You think about how the top and the bottom uh, connect to the sides of the guitar, and it's a very sharp guitar. Like you, you, it usually ends in binding or where there could be binding and just kind of an abrupt edge. Yeah. Every edge of this has been rounded. Right. Like really rounded. Like I would call that like, like, like a full, like half inch radius. Yeah. Round on the edge of every part of this guitar, which kind of changes the shape of it. Like, the, well, it's kind of the got lower, that, uh... the lower horn gets wonky when you round it that much. It's kind of got the like almost more of an ESP vibe than, yeah. a, than a Gibson vibe. And this is, you know, technically a vintage guitar at this point. I wonder when all this stuff happened to it. It's a se- it's a 70s guitar. Yeah, the headstock is definitely the oh, headstock yeah. has that old old yellowed binding. It looks great. I look at the headstock and I feel sad that I can't see what this guitar originally looked like because the headstock looks really cool. Maybe it was just mangled and they were like, "Ah, what can I, I do with this?" So. I hope something bad happened to to it that caused them to make all these modifications. I mean, a lot of this is really clean looking and really pretty in a way. Like if this was from a different brand, I'd be like, Oh, that's a pretty guitar. Yeah. But because I know that it started out as a custom LP, I'm like, Oh man, what happened? Like I'm, I'm honestly wondering, cause they said that the, the fretboard is new. I'm almost, I'm honestly wondering if they, they scalped off the maple cap the carved maple cap, and then had to reshape the neck to get the action right. that they needed. Because we were talking about that earlier, like that if it truly is a Les Paul custom, then they somehow removed removed the top. But then it says it has still has a maple cap, so it means they just like flattened they the maple. Flattened cap. the maple cap, which, which obviously means they like didn't they, flatten it; like they they sanded it down to nothing. Yeah, yeah. Which means you'd have to completely change the fretboard angle. So I'm wondering if that happened. Oh, man. Which is bananas to think about. Like, that is a huge operation. Like, I don't even know if you can pull that off. This guitar is accepting best offers on eBay. What did they want for it? What was that? $1,800. What do 70s Les Paul Customs go for? Um... I don't know. Either do I. That's why I asked. <laughs> I, I, my gut is that that price isn't low enough because there's no collectability here. It's not like this is a model that was released. One of those tuners is crooked too. The high yeast crooked. Shoddy work there. Get to the back picture of it. There you go. Oh, sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. Uh, like this is a this is like someone's custom mod and it's not something that anyone is asking for so like even though it looks well done and it looks pretty like i honestly wonder what someone would realistically pay for this it is uh weird yes but like a 71 black uh uh 71 black beauty on reverb is 54 5400 yeah a 69 is 10 grand um, a 77 is 43. So it's easily half of normal. Yeah. 75. There's a 75 for 37, but like for $1,800, you still are like, want to buy a Gibson. Why would you buy this one? 
There's got to be other Gibsons you can buy for $1,800 that are not this one if you want a Gibson. And why would anyone be curious enough to drop $1,800 on this particular guitar when there's so much, there's so little about it left that was the original guitar? You know, it's going to feel completely yeah. different than the original guitar just because that carved top is gone. And who knows what sort of operation they had to do to get there. It's definitely not something that you could like. Yeah, like you said, like there's not really a collectability. You got to play this in person and fall in love with it to buy it. Like that's just the reality. Like it's got to be on a shop wall. You walk in, you check it out. Like, oh, that's weird. You play it. You go home and you're thinking about it every day for months. And you're like, I got to go. I got to go get that thing because it just vibed with me. Like I can't imagine buying this off the internet and just yeah. taking a risk on it because who knows what it's going to be like. I'm going to say bye, bye, bye. All right. What, <laughs> what price? At what price does this be not? What, Ooh. What, at what price does this transition from a bye, bye, bye to a bye, bye, bye? The, 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 number, the number that jumped immediately into my head, a thousand bucks left. If this was 800, then I'd start sitting there and thinking about it. I was like, oh, you know, this, you know, the, 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 the most of the neck is original. <laughs> well, I think also the I, headstock looks pretty good. It, you I, know, it does have DiMarzio's in there. You know, if you're looking to scratch that Les Paul itch with like a gen, like the genuine product, $800 is kind of what you're looking at anyway. To get like, like, like a studio, like, a, like, a, like an early 2000 studio or something like that. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Uh, or, you know, you could go a little bit, like, say, 600 for a faded. I mean, if I wanted a gold top, I mean, this isn't even the style that I would be, be lusting for, you know? Right, I'd this want isn't a gold even, top, like, an top. actual, like, this is uh, this is the not a gold top. Right, it's gold. I mean, it's gold. The top is gold, but it's not a gold top. You it's kind of like your a, bullet, a, that kind of a gold. A gold top, oh, well, yeah, the color's not quite right, but, like, the execution isn't there, like, it's yeah. gold. The top is gold, but it's not what a gold There's top no is. There's no binding. The, like, a gold top is a, a very specific Gibson execution, you know? Yeah. It means more than just the words in the description, gold top. <laughs> How many times have I said gold top now? So uh, not times. enough. <laughs> so do you feel like 800 is probably... I think 800 is like a good place to start. Yeah. But, you know, if it's hanging on the wall somewhere and it feels like $1,800 and someone gets a chance to touch it, they might buy it. I don't know. It just, yeah. it, I, I have, I have a real tough time justifying that. All right. You want to pay some bills for us, Steve? Yeah. This uh, next sponsor for the show is uh, Chase Bliss Audio. They make pedals more creative than you are. If you're looking for basically any effect except flanger, uh, go check out Chase Plus Audio. So uh, a few weeks ago, I did a video on my church board. Mm -hmm. And just on the fly, I was like, I'm going to do something different with my Dark World. Oh. It's got the shimmer side on it. Yes. And I usually use leave it to the high shimmer, but you can also go to a low octave shimmer. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it. I was like, I want to have that knob bounce back and forth while I'm playing. Interesting. So that's what I did. I flicked a couple switches. And now the shimmer knob, the parameters on it shift back and forth while I'm playing, and I set the speed to be kind of slow. Wait, hold on. Like hold medium on. speed. Hold on. Are you telling me that you turned the dark world into a flanger? <laughs> no. Well, it doesn't like it doesn't pitch shift from low octave to high octave. It blends from low octave to high oh, octave. Oh, okay. So it just like fades in and out. Right. Because if it pitch shifted, that I would be that crazy. would be a flanger. But like a lot of times 
uh, shim reverb can just get kind of tiring and be too yeah. much because it's slowly shifting from a high pitch shim to a low pitch and in between you get like kind of more normal sounds yeah and it's slow enough that like you can barely sense when it's happening like it's made it so much more interesting and so much more dynamic and it's made it less annoying in the mix but still has that i mean you could just play with like like, no reverb you get that immediate like spiritual effect you get from like a shim verb you know like it, it feels angelic it's like an angelic sound. You know what I'm talking about. That's why it's so I popular do, I at do. church. It's just funny. But I feel like it's a lot more exciting to me now. Like, I don't know if I could go to a shimverd that doesn't do that now. So there you go. Chaseless Audios, they make pedals more creative than you are. I found like one little trick in a pedal that I've had for like a year and a half. Yeah. And I'm stoked about it again. And uh, last but not least for this episode, uh, we got D'Addario. Yep. Uh, manufacturers of the xt string uh the xt string combines d'addario's uh latest and greatest technologies like the fusion twist uh carbon steel from the nyxl and an ultra ultra thin protective coating oh i wanted you to uh grab the strap off the the strap uh it's been three weeks it's been three weeks since (laughs) since you saw that strap the strings were relatively new on it three weeks ago i have been playing that guitar a lot you commonly comment on the grittiness of my strings and, you know, the acidity of my fingers. How do you feel about the quality of those strings right now, Steve? Take a look at them. Whoa. Don't just play it. Do those strings look gr- greasy and grimy and rusty the way you would expect them to be after I'd played a guitar for a long time? I've literally played guitars that you said that you restrung two days before that looked like total trash um you know this this guitar has been hanging up and so it, it does have like a little bit of room dust sure well we're I in a garage right no now. i know we're in a garage i'm just you know being completely transparent but if you handed this to me i wouldn't not think that this was restrung like what'd you say three weeks four weeks ago easily like a that. month ago because i know the last time we recorded was a few Three weeks, weeks ago. ago, so I I guess these are at least month old strings. Yeah, and I've been playing this guitar. I played it at church. For you, these do not feel like month old strings. <laughs> For me, they feel like six month old strings. Oh my gosh, but... Steve has that beautiful, perfect sweat that doesn't corrode anything, and I'm just a sweaty, acidic monster apparently. But they but still I, I like think... feel really good too. It's not yeah. just that they look clean; like they feel really good. Yeah, and they, I feel like the te- like the tone and the temperament of them has stayed the same. Like they have the same amount of twang and kind of like character to them. They haven't gone dead or anything. So I'm feeling a, a month into it, I'm feeling pretty happy with these strings. Yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, and I don't pick it up and think like, "Oh, here's my guitar with coated strings." They still just feel like strings to me. You know, they don't feel like there's anything weird or different about them. All right, so that's been our sponsored spot for D'Addario. Uh, go check out the strings. We'll have links down below, I'm sure. Uh, next topic? Yeah, next topic. Uh, this was uh, submitted to the Facebook group. It says, topic. It's from Ozer Garlop. That's a good name. A normal Excuse name me. that's not at all, hard at all to read or figure out. Uh, he says, topic. What consequences could bring to a YouTuber talking badly about a product from an established brand? Um, is that did did you have a screen grab of that? Is that how that you is read the it? screen grab? Let me see yeah. that. I feel like I could wrap my head around it better when I read it. Oh, what consequent what consequences could bring 
to a YouTuber talking badly about a product from an established brand could bring to a YouTuber. When I read it, when I read it, I thought the question was, could the consequence, what consequences to the brand would there be if an established YouTuber talked bad about a brand? But now I'm wondering if he's asking what consequences there would be for the YouTuber. That's what I, that's what I assumed from the beginning. I thought that's what you wanted to talk about. Well, why not do both? Let's do both angles. Like, cause I thought it was like, what is the maximum amount of damage? Say like a big YouTuber, uh, like let's say Davey 504 trashed on a base brand. Right. Or let's say like, like music is when trashed on a guitar brand or something like that. Like, are you saying like, okay, so, you know, or what if, what if I trashed on something, you know, there's different levels of, right. Of consequences there. Well, I think first of all, it depends on what, you know, is trash right um right are we talking about an honest review or are we talking someone saying like i've got a personal vendetta and no one should buy this product anymore because i had a bad experience with them behind the scenes like that's more like trash than what you'd expect from a normal youtuber you know because it's normal to be like oh i don't like this guitar or i don't like this product the execution's not there like that's normal yeah yeah but if like um, if someone was like, now it's personal. Now I'm gonna tell all my viewers to steer clear because I didn't like the way they talked to me in an email. I mean, there have been small time instances of that, right? Um, and you've kind of seen it go back and forth. It hits the, it goes from the the vlogosphere to the blogosphere into the Facebook groups for right. like three or four days. Everyone's like, oh. I, this guy is right. And that brand is wrong. That brand is right. This guy is wrong. And I hate them, them, them forever. <laughs> They're the worst. Um, and then, and then six months later, they've got a new product from that company. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> or they're doing like a factory floor tour. It's almost, you know, it, I, I have to say like, I, I don't want to. Okay. I, I would have to say, I think the thing that's most interesting, I, I think the damages for, the uh, the brand are worse. I just realized I had my fly down the whole time. That's weird. Yeah, but your pants are down there. I know, but it's weird. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go through the footage and make sure your dick hang- isn't hanging out. Because when your fly is yeah. down, your dick is out. Like that's the that's, rules. That is the rules. Yeah, it's for Harambe. Um, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> the damages. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think someone like Music Is Win could could maybe like take down an up and coming brand i think they could take down a brand that is doing shady stuff like if there was a reason to call out a brand like what wasn't there a brand that was building a guitar for uh some J- the jared dines guitar probably i was thinking of that other guy who's coming up with his own guitar brand and like the production models were just fell apart and everyone oh, lost their oh, deposits yeah, yeah. and stuff like like if if a youtuber like goes after like something like that i think it could seriously affect a small builder, especially if they do look like they're doing something shady, but like if a big YouTuber goes after Gibson or Fender or something like that, I feel like those companies on that level are going to be fine. Like I feel like Ibanez Ibanez is going to be fine no matter what. And, but I I know for sure, like bigger YouTubers can definitely move product for those companies. Like if, like if music is when goes like, Oh, you should check out this amp. They're going to sell 
a hundred of those those ants right. like I, that I day. I think if a if a big a bigger channel like that that has that kind of following um, goes after a big brand, it's just kind of like no one's really going to care. Yeah, I think. I it, mean, you're 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 kind of like catering to the lowest con- common denominator with that sort of thing because there's just going to be people who are complainers who want to trash on things who are going to watch that video and they weren't going to do anything. Yeah, they it, weren't going to buy anything anyway. If a channel like that goes after a brand that's like mid level. Yeah, you know, I, I by mid level guitars, I'm thinking like a reverend. Like a, oh, nah, I think reverend. I actually might put in like a the bigger? bigger, the bigger brands. Hmm. I'm thinking like whatever the level you would like. I, I don't. Do you think of Pure Salem as being a smaller brand than Reverend? Because I, I think do. of them as being pretty small, like definitely smaller than Reverend. Yeah. So I get, but I think but I don't know if I call mid level. I guess that well, well, I guess because they're I'm more so, of like a production factory guitar versus like a cower. Right, right. Okay. 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 I like, can get so, behind that. Yeah. So I think. Uh, I think a brand. Actually, I think a brand like Cower is almost like YouTube proof because the people who because it's such a small brand and really like buying a guitar from uh, if you're buying it directly from like a a builder like Doug, right? Uh, you know, or like uh, an Equits or Jennings or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like you're almost like you're entering into a personal relationship with that person right, right. you know i mean for like going back to what i was saying earlier for a builder like doug to be taken down by uh, a youtuber or, or media person he would have to be failing to deliver as a business right and multiple people would have to be complaining and it would just be like the youtuber would be the news outlet covering it and be like oh this brand's not delivering guitars better check your deposits you might not get them back and that would we're not saying this yeah. about Cower. Cower always delivers, but this is like purely a hypothetical. I would say I think the consequences for mid-level YouTubers are probably. I think the stakes are much higher for like mid-level YouTubers, and I would say like you're a mid-level YouTuber. Sure. Yeah. Um. At least as far as like the gear community goes, right? Right. Right. Um. I think the consequences for you would be much greater if you were to go after like a mid-level, uh, brand guitar. Right. Maybe guitars less, but I'm thinking like amps and effects because I think there's a lot more crosstalk between mid-level brands. Like we just saw this right now with with Blackout Friday. I mean, how many? I don't know who coordinated that. Was that? I have no I guess, idea. Well, I guess Reverb coordinated it. Oh, did right? they? Because all the all of that stuff was for sale on Reverb. Oh, okay. But you think about like all of the brands that came together to put out Blackout products. You know, we know because we know we literally have met like somebody from probably every brand that was involved in blackout Friday. Um, and we know those guys all know each other and we know right, those right. guys all rely on each other at different times for different things. You know, if, if there's a question about how to do a, a certain part of a DSP reverb, you know, people are going to, people are on the phone with, uh, with Robert Keeley. Right, right. If there's a question about doing a, a it's a community a a, re, a a relay for a stomp box, like there's people like a, are calling up uh, John Cusack on how to do a relay, like an know? underground builder network that people don't realize is there. Yeah. You know? So I think from that level, like if you are a mid level and you go after someone on the mid level, oh. like that's going to get out. Like, oh man, this guy's like, especially if you're just, especially, yeah. If you're like a douche about it and the same thing too, like, no, I'm just, saying is, if, if I just decided like, I got a hair, I got a bee in my bonnet. I got to go after Robert Keeley. Like 
everyone in the industry that knows Robert is going to be like, oh, wow, Ryan is a dickhead. No, we're, that's what I'm saying. We're never going to work with him again. Um, the other thing that we've actually seen, and not to go on a tangent, but we've seen this a couple times, is people who are trying to start YouTube channels who decide to go after like bigger gear YouTubers. Right, right. Uh, guys, we also all talk to each other. <laughs> like friendly. We're all really friendly with each other. There's literally like a video. There's another video today that I haven't watched. And I, I so I don't know. If Let's not is... make it so anyone can find any of these. But no, well, okay. there's something where it goes after a couple big channels, but I don't know if it's, uh, if it's real or not. Cause it seems like it might be a joke. Okay. But it's like, I've been seeing this pop up where it's like, you have five subs. <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple, like a lot of us YouTubers and guitar media people are in groups with each other and in group chats with each other and are sharing links around and sharing, you know, screen grabs of our trolls and whatever. And there's been a couple the past like two months where it's like someone put a ton of energy into like this, like, like trash piece on one of uh, our fellow YouTubers. And we all just like started watching it. And a few people started contacting the people and other people were like, don't talk to him. It's just going to encourage him. <laughs> it's just like better to leave that stuff alone. But it makes me think like, do these people want to, it's very helpful to be part of a community, whether you agree yeah. with people or not. And I feel like there's a lot of freedom for people in this community to openly disagree with each other. Without consequence. Oh, for sure. But when you do like a hit piece and you're like trying to take people down, like that's a totally different vibe. Well, like, and when and when you're so small, it definitely just feels like you you're know, trying to exploit it. Like, oh, uh, let's see. I'm going to go on YouTube. Uh, let's see. Oh, 60 cycle hum pedals because I want to see their pedal reviews. And then somebody is like makes some upstart makes a video that says like, you, you know, the, the I don't know. The title would be like 60 cycle hum fake pedal tone just just to try to grab subs off of people who are searching for a 60 cycle hum pedal right right you know um and it's like dude what <laughs> i mean if someone if someone did a takedown piece on me i'd be tickled pink ryan burke <laughs> not even human have you seen that skin yeah. it's so pink he's obviously a salmon <laughs> salmon <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. I don't know why either. Yes, I thought I'm, it would be a lot funnier than it I, was. I represent the insides of a salmon. A salmon. So, yeah, I mean, in short, I think it's pretty negligible, the the damage that a single YouTuber could do to a well-known brand. Yeah. I think if there's legit things going on, you know, a YouTuber or a journalist could take down medium and smaller size brands just by pointing out like, hey, they're not delivering product. Like if it's true, then it's true. But I don't think I think the way the way things are now, like if you go around like just throwing dirt and throwing lies, people are just going to ignore you because they can figure it out really quick. I, on think their own. It, I think it would have to be true enough to be widespread and picked up by every other right, right. channel in a way that is all unified. So, OK, like a perfect example is Gibson. Right. right. The Gibson video goes out where a dude who is part of like the takedown of the Memphis factory or whatever, was it right. one of the Memphis factories, like lines up 40, was it like 40 Firebird X's or whatever, yeah, yeah. and like runs them over with a backhoe slash. I mean, that, whatever, was, that was like huge news. That was all over the place. People who didn't care about guitar stuff were watching that video. Do you think that hit their bottom line at all? 
I don't even think did Gibson ever. I don't even remember if they made an official statement on they it. Did, they, they did. They did. Okay. Yeah, they were like we oh, probably covered no, it, and I forgot. Their but. statement was like, "Oh, it had you know, like oh, dangerous right, right. components and blah yeah. blah blah, dangerous components and like irre- irreparable and then like, they like flaws. reminded people like, oh, we do donate instruments and money to yeah. like yeah. education programs or whatever, uh, but." I would really doubt if that whole snafu actually affected their bottom line because people who want to buy Gibson are still probably going to do it. And people who didn't want to buy, who don't want to buy a Gibson or even on the fence yeah. are just like, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to buy a Gibson right now. And they weren't going to anyways. Exactly. Like it's exactly. not, it's not, these purchases aren't trivial. Like people spend a lot of time thinking about them and little things in the news don't really affect that. You know, yeah. I think it probably affects them more, if like a YouTuber comes out and be like, Oh, I just bought this Gibson and the frets hanging off, you know, or something like that. Yeah. No. Um, if you have, you're finding like small specific things and then, and then you're not like slagging a brand for the sake of slagging them. It's not personal. It's not a takedown. That's like a review. Yeah. I bought this thing and the quality wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. But then on the, on the other, the flip side, the other short part of this, the short wrap up of it is that as a media person or as both of us being media persons in this industry, like if we did try to do some sort of takedown and some sort of like beef against some company and it was unfounded, I think for sure it would negatively affect us. Like I think, oh, yeah. I think we would yeah. have a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble in this industry from that point on. And I think I've seen that with a few channels that try to do that sort of thing, like have a beef against brands mm-hmm. Like people don't want to work with them anymore. Like people unrelated to the beef don't want to work with right. them anymore. Cause they're like, why would I send you something? Or why would I, you know, do any sort of content with you? If I'm at risk of you, like going into a mood and like taking things personally, you know? Right. I don't know. Uh, last ad and let's get out of here. Let's do some housekeeping. Man. Housekeeping. Uh, first, uh, big thanks to everyone who supports the show through Patreon and Podbean. Uh, Patreon is our prefer, preferred, our preferred, preferred. Form of support. Um, and, uh, this week I want to say a big thanks to Paul hook for joining us at the best friends level. I'll put together a sticker and pick pack. Is for that you. the $5 level? That's the $5 level. Cool. The best friends. Uh, sticker and pick pack and I, i'm not sure if i we have anything else at that level right now um and then justin setters at the inner circle level uh we're pull out we... a bag let's put some stuff in it for him i got this bag i'm yeah. gonna put this in there this hot one this is a hot one uh bass volume expression and wah wah pedal you can use it for guitar i, I tried it it works just fine for guitar uh this was actually supposed to go on the sweetwater's world's biggest pedal board and it was redundant. They couldn't use it, so it sat on the sideline, and Sweetwater sent it to me. So you're getting a near piece of history. Oh. It was and- in the same room as history going on. We'll throw that in there. And I'm going to throw in some uh, Tusk warm picks. Those are warm picks. So we'll get that sent your way along with a sticker pack. we got to give more of this stuff away. With Nam coming up, because we're probably going to walk away from Nam uh, with a bunch of swag to I give usually, away. I don't, I don't usually bring home much from Nam. Do you? I bring stuff home. Okay. Yeah. I'm a. Holder. I also don't really I try to crap. get stuff. So this is me trying to heal my gear oh hoarding my situation. Like, just take this stuff. I don't know what to do with yeah, it, but I, I can't throw it away. Someone take it. You know. All right. This ad was sent by uh, Nate Nagel. Uh, this is a vintage electric washboard percussion instrument circuit bent. 
the super clean one, 1950s rustic wood. It's $150 plus $12 shipping. Can you really call this circuit bent? There was no circuit yeah. existing. Uh, he says, okay, man, I, I, you've got your sick techno jug band and you're all dressed as cyberpunk hillbillies. Yeah. Now a stage set with a rocket ship shaped like an outhouse. You're about to change the world with your toothless yokel style sick beats, but something's missing. Bam! Here's an ancient old washboard that's been modified with a guitar-style output and strap button so you can strap it on and blow people's faces off with your Alabama Mountain Man funk. It sounds loud and proud and works great through pedals and synthesizers. This one is the extra-large version. If you like a more portable mini one, check my other list. There's more of these. <laughs> the last picture is of a different washboard, but it shows how the strap hangs in proper playing position. Strap not included. I just got to say... I know what I'm getting everyone for Christmas. <laughs> I didn't know that electric washboards existed before today. And now I have to, have I know, one. uh, I know the secret Santa is supposed to be pedals, but do you think I could just send this instead? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think you have to send two or three of them. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, the price is right. The price is right. That price is one fifty. How much is a regular washboard? <laughs> I can't imagine a regular washboard is more than like because you got the, that trans, the transducer and the output jack that's got to be like thirty bucks, right? Sure, generously, and you throw in a little bit of time to do that. You got to have a drill bit to to get that stuff in there. You know, I'm gonna look up washboard. There better be. Other I can't imagine a washboard costing more than like thirty bucks, twenty five bucks. Here's a fifteen dollar one. Are these also all on reverb? Uh, all the electric ones are like one forty and up. Here's a fifteen dollar one with fifteen dollars shipping. Uh, I think I think thirty dollars is normal. So I, I'd say that this is a sixty dollar project that any of us could do ourselves. Oh, it's got strap buttons too, Steve. You have to factor that. Oh, in. strap yeah, buttons. Yeah. Okay, so it's worth six hundred dollars. Uh, <laughs> Well, you got to buy a whole guitar to get the strap buttons. But I really like this idea. Like, I, it makes me want to make a band around it. Like, you. I mean, I like the idea. I just don't like it. Uh, I just. I d you don't like the execution? No, I just think that price is whack. Oh, the price. The price is whack. But you know, if if you don't want to spend the time building something, you know, that's just what the price is. It's true. It does look like a cool old one. It doesn't look like one that was made just to be a new, right. a new washboard right. for somebody. It's got strong. that vintage print. Yeah. You know, this was somebody's laundry company. Yeah. Yeah. Making extra money. But I just like, like what pedals do you want to run a washboard through? Like, oh dude. A, spl a little bit of splash of reverb, <sighs> like a long delay. Like you can make beats with a long delay with it. You know, I want to run this through i want to run this through the mood yeah get glitchy and clippy and weird with it oh i want to run this through a count to five how about like <laughs> i mean you know what a washboard sounds like i do know you what throw that through a meat box like sub octave now you're gentin dude with a with <laughs> oh my gosh you're using a washboard to just drop that bass Ugh. You know that you could make gent sounds with this thing. You with definitely the, could with no, the right be, combination of pedals. I like it. I want to. I want to mess around with one. This I don't want to. I don't. One hundred fifty dollars. Want to mess around with one? But I might. Next time I see a washboard, I might buy it. This is listed by Awesome Sauce Guitars in Morongo Valley, California. Is this the same company that we did a listing from? Like, 
We've we've definitely done other listings from Morongo Valley. Morongo Valley is now the uh, cradle of music manufacturing where, in where, California. I don't remember what the other one wasn't we did it. Those recently. seven string semi hollows. No, no, oh. uh, it might have been that preparation guitar. Oh yeah, maybe. What's in the water over there? Uh, Morongo Valley is like it's it's like north of San Bernardino. Or like northeast of San Bernardino, I think it's like yeah. on a reservation. Oh, okay. Or something like that. I don't know. Weird. All right. This thing is cool. I want to hear it. Oh, there is a video in the thing. I didn't. I didn't watch the video. Me neither. Uh, maybe. Uh, you know what? Let's skip the song. Let's play the video at the end. As people can hear what this sounds like. You think that's a good idea? No, but we can do it anyway. Okay. Hopefully that video is something substantial that I can put on here on the video. Uh, let me here, see if I can even here on the episode. Find it. Yeah, see if you can find it and then play the audio right now. And we'll decide right now if it's worthwhile. <laughs> Part That's... of the, one of the charms of listening through headphones is that you can hear everything because the way it compresses for the monitoring, you can hear everything going on in the house. We just got treated to about 15 seconds of someone dragging a squeaky chair across the floor, probably in the kitchen. Here we go. He's plugging it in. I'm going to have to build one of those. <laughs> okay, play the song anyways. Oh, man, I already yeah. crossed it out. I was hoping that, would, yeah, once you once you put ink to paper, you can't uh, undo that. All right, this song was sent by Clark Shores. He says, hey, guys, love the podcast. Thought it would be fun to share my first attempt at writing and recording a full song at home. Should note I'm not a singer by any mean, means, which is part of the reason I'm still sending you this under my still undeveloped solo project name. Uh the song itself is a bit of an odd concept, so bear with me. It's about my cat, Benjin, learning to surf. The idea really started as a weird inside joke between my friend and I when I recently bought some home recording equipment and decided to write and record a song about the joke for his amusement in the vein of a surf rock song. For obvious reasons. The obvious reasons being cats and surfing. Yeah, cats love surfing. Um, as far as gear goes, all the guitar tracks are a Mexican telly through his 70s Fender Music Master bass amp. The main guitar reverb is a Caroline Meteore uh, for some lo-fi drip. The bass is a J-Bass copy direct to interface. The drums are actually me hitting my mattress for a kick drum. Nice. And a hardcover book for the, the snare. Lastly, the water sounds in the solo and bridge sections are a half-filled water bo- bottle. I sloshed around. It's a little rough. I can't wait to hear this thing. But for something I did for a laugh, I'm happy with how it came out. So this is called Bodega Bay. I should have downloaded it while I was reading. But you didn't? Well, I didn't know it was a 10 meg file. It's going pretty quick. There it is. Internet. Play that boy. Thank you, Cat. 
to surf the biggest wave. Sings better than you. Shots fired. He packed up his hoopty. He packed up his board. He pulled up to the ocean, ready to soar. That sound we're hearing is someone starting a bath upstairs. Uh, since that cat rode the wave into eternity, does that mean the cat died? <laughs> I think the cat I mean, died maybe. in this song. The cat died in the ocean. Yikes. <laughs> cool song. Thanks for sending it. Bye, everybody. See ya. Stay grounded. <laughs>